Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Create Tech. I'm your host, Russ Perry. And today we have a very nepotism-driven guest where we are bringing in the family of DP to be our guest. It might be because we're, we don't have a lot of guests, Rob. I hope you don't take it, you know, like you're just like, you're there. You're I able, am the get, man. You, you are. <laughs> but um, Rob is our VP of Global Operations here at Design Pickle. And there could be no one who is probably more skilled and actually qualified to be talking about creativity and technology then, Mr. Rob Morris. Rob, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Russ. Happy to be here. Awesome. So I could like just jump right into it because we talk, you know, almost every day, definitely every week. But um, let's give a little bit of background. Like you are not a creative. Let's get that. Let's get no. that clear. You are no. not a creative. <laughs> you found no. <laughs> yourself now leading one of the world's largest creative organizations. Um, how the heck? <laughs> Did you get into this? Like, um, like, give us a, you know, <laughs> give us your whole life in two or three minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, completely an accident. Um, I've been an ops guy my whole life. Uh, I was in the army for six years doing all sorts of different operations and logistics oriented things um, from leading soldiers all the way up to doing uh, support operations stuff. Got out of the army and um, went to Chicago uh, and there started working for Sears uh, in the marketing operations side. And for those of then, you who are not old enough to know what Sears was, Sears was, Sears it was, was the a... Amazon of its day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I wrote it down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, <laughs> there were a lot of good people there. It was, I, we, when I started there, we had 2000 stores, both Sears, both formats, and we ran marketing operations there. And through the, that, the marketing ops department, I met um, one of the guys who stood up, Rick West, he stood up the uh, in-house photography team. Mm -hmm. So we started shooting and producing all the photography um, and then producing the collateral to support, uh, you know, whatever uh, uh, catalogs we had in store, the stuff that would feed the website. So, uh, and then just kind of went from there. So through meeting him, he needed someone to help with operations over at the studio. I started there. Then it was running half the studio. Then it was running the whole studio. And then it was, you know, here now we're doing all of creative operations for, for Sears, Kmart, Craftsman, Die Hard, you name it. Um, and it was totally by accident because I've never really opened Adobe in my life. I've poked around with it and played with it, but I've always had an affinity for those who could. Um, and just kind of kept with it. I think it's a cool thing to be the, um, you know, just to be part of where you're helping people realize the stuff that gets trapped in their head and they bring it to life and you right. just help to guide it along the way. Uh, right. So it's always been exciting for me. Yeah. So in that time you went to Sears, um, if I remember correctly, you were at C Crate and Barrel, correct? I was like, at Crate and Barrel too. You yeah. worked there too. Mm -hmm. Um, what what do you think was the secret for you being successful as someone who didn't speak the creative languages per se? What was what was missing, or at least what was that value add that you were bringing to these organizations? Because I think a lot of people. I mean, I'll kind of lead into this. Like, like if you're designing a logo for your Etsy store, that's one thing. But if you're actually trying to do volume, scale, productivity, mm -hmm. thinking a lot about that, like. 
you know, I study design. I never took a business class. I don't even know about cost or timeline or anything. And I think people get real lost in it. So, you know, where, where did you find your lane inside of this organization when you're dealing with personalities, opinions, like all the, the fun stuff that goes on inside of creative workforce? Yeah. Um, the army gave me a lot of patience and I think that that was uh, <laughs> kind of integral to the whole thing. So, um, you know, you, start from a business mindset and you're like, all right, we got to drive down costs. We got to drive down costs. We got to drive down. Um, but to me, it was really trying to understand the numbers there, but then listening and watching a lot. So like, I, I, this is not necessarily true everywhere, but I find that like photo shoots and video shoots are like the most grossly inefficient things on the planet, but they're <laughs> by design. Like it took me forever to realize like, no, this guy's here because if he falls over, we need this guy to back him up because the talent we're paying is so expensive that we don't want to rebook the shoot. So you like start to figure out why all these redundancies are built in because you'd walk in and like we would get in fights over everything. Um, but over time, just learning and listening and figuring out how to translate that stuff and really leaning on patience because um, it takes a lot uh, for them to understand me. I mean, we, I remember one of the executive producers and we were getting into like drag out fights over like fast food, like catering. And you're like, <laughs> I, I'm like, you don't need this. And they're like, we absolutely need it. And I'm like, you would get into these like crazy fight, fights, but after a while you figure out, all right, here's the happy medium. And then you, you, what, the value you provide to them is like, look, I could show you how to do this cheaper. Right. And I'm going to show you how we can start to work with the vendor. And I can tell you how we can start to push this a little bit. And oh, by the way, if you change your process this way, I could knock out a whole day of work for you. Like we can, we can start to look at things that way. And then you form that partnership and you have the left brain and right brain working together and things really start to hum. I mean, Obviously, you and I work for a company that has built and scaled creativity in a different way. Mm -hmm. Do you think there is a um, a tension between quality and cost that that is forever bound, or is there, are, are there misbeliefs inside of that relationship? Oh, I mean, I think they're they're tied, right? I mm -hmm. mean, you you in a way you get what you pay for. Um, but converse to that, it's also sort of garbage in, garbage out. So like there is a there's a there's an interesting way to view that. I think um I think they are but it's not as intuitive as you'd think. Like mm -hmm. you can't just once you push cost down to a point, you it you're gonna start to diminish the end product. But it's how you leverage time scale, you know, the effectiveness of the people who you have working for you trying to eliminate as much noise outside of them. So if they're really dedicated to a specific task, they're just dedicated to that specific task. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one. You right. know, I think it's one that no one really nails, right? Right. It, unless you're paying crazy money and then it's not really fixing it all together either. Right. Like I have a friend, he, he does a lot of photography for Delta airlines as, a, mm -hmm. as an independent contractor. And it is almost comically ridiculous sometimes. I mean, love the brand Delta is an incredible organization that has persisted through a lot of ups and downs, but like, like the amount of available resources they have to just be like, yeah. 
okay, we're just going to shut down an airport and, oh, we, we didn't go right. So we'll do it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, mm-hmm. it's such a next level. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, yeah. we, we don't, most companies don't have that luxury. So, no. you know, we, this audience of Cray Tech, frankly, I don't know what it's going to be. It could be creatives, <laughs> could be marketers, could be entrepreneurs, but mm-hmm. like, as you're starting to look at the macro environment of creativity, you know, where do people start in terms of having a better creative operation, but also maintaining that quality? Like what's like, what's the first thing you always look at as you're going into that, uh, an environment of, of improving cost, improving efficiency, but also, you know, not just getting the soul of what creativity is. I mean, the brief. The brief, it's, the input, it's yeah. the brief, right? <laughs> it's the customer input because that's it's the statement of work. It's it in in any other term. It's it's how you and the customer, or your client, are agreeing on whatever you're going to deliver. The rest of the stuff is nuts and bolts on the inside, and you know, clients don't necessarily need to understand how the the sausage is made, but we need to understand what you want and the intent behind it. And, yeah, and you know, I think that that's where you try to strike the right balance between what's efficient for them, Mm -hmm. but what's got enough meat in there for you. Right. And, um, I to clarify, like when you say client, I mean, you and I say it, but it, it, it could be coworker. It could be like it's anyone who needs what you're creating. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, I feel like agencies are, are uh, notorious for, trying to operationalize this process. And I used to run an agency Mm -hmm. and I know that when you're working with an external client and you're basically your business model is for hire work, um, you have to nail this because if you don't, you're going to waste time, you're going to waste money, you're going to do both, you're going to deliver the wrong thing. But I think internally in in-house operations, this is a really, this is not done as well. Like I think there is often just extraordinarily loose ways that creativity is requested and procured and managed um, so like inside of the in-house a- envelope, like what mm-hmm. are, what are, what are the, what are some of the, the challenges that you saw and in your experience of some of the wins of, of, of making that brief process better? I mean, was it as simple as yeah. like, stop using email guys? Like we need to yeah. do something else or what? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's to the greatest extent possible fostering some element of human contact in there, whether it was really? having a meeting or a call or whatever, yeah. at, at least in the in-house world. Right. Right. And what you really struggle with in the in-house side, because I lived there for quite a while is you have in-house people that speak one language and in my, you know, we had retailers who spoke another. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to figure out how to connect them and then manage that expectation. Um, but once you got, you know, it's like anything else where you start to build a repertoire, you guys are speaking the same language. Some of those things become second nature and second hand and you really understand what's what the client's after. Right. So that, I think that just, you know, enables the better, better end product. And then even within, <clears throat> within agency itself, it's like disseminating that, building a culture that's around supporting the customer and understanding what their end state is and having a core, co- you know, building a, a culture within yours that supports, you know, whatever client that you're, that you're having on a firm, you know, platform or foundation of like, we're just going to also be as, as efficient as we can. It's not just the free for all. Right. So today, mm-hmm. like what's some of the specifics, like if you're looking at the tooling and the, and the available mm-hmm. access of, 
of of support that you had 10 years ago versus today. Oh my god. You know, yeah. what what let's not worry about 10 years ago because we can go down memory lane on how mm-hmm. inefficient things were, but um what is something that today you're really excited about inside of all of this, inside of the communication, the ability to connect, the ability to get the brief together like Obviously, I, yeah. I know what we're working on internally, but just mm-hmm. kind of generally speaking, like something that's been totally transformative from a creative technology perspective. I mean, I, I, you got to you got to admire the stuff that Adobe's coming out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they seem to be seemingly rolling out with every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the in the beta stuff with generative fill and a lot of the generative technologies there. I think GPT, at least even for me personally, ChatGPT has been a huge unlock. Um, to help with, you know, either getting deep on SQL where, where I get in way over my head and I <laughs> piss off, uh, our friend Rob, um, <laughs> our data science guy, um, that I can write these things. But, uh, I think GPT though, in terms of coaxing stuff out, interpreting, synthesizing, and, um, you know, putting together, I, I think is going to be a huge unlock. For, for the brief itself, right? right? Just within creative technology, uh, creative ops. Um, you know, there's obviously some other stuff that we're working on with, with creative technologies that, that I think are going to be really impactful, but I don't really want to talk about them yeah. here. Um, top secret, but I think coming soon, <laughs> coming soon, but I think, um, the way that figure out because the creative is never going to get replaced. Like the designer, the graphic designer, motion graphics artist, like that, it sort of gets you to a certain place, but someone's going to take it home right. and um, put their touch on it. And that it, to me, it's all about, all right, how are you using this to empower, you know, somebody who's got a great visual eye who can really understand what a customer wants and translate all these different tools. You know, you could turn one creative into 10. Right. You know, and they're, they're, they're still not as stressed, you know, like, so I think to me, that's, that will be the unlock is eventually how you start to figure out how to tie the, the connectivity from these chat models to, you know, generative technology and how the whole, the whole line, you know, becomes one single thread it, enabling a, a human to piece it together because that right. I think is going to be the big key. When I look at the the evolution of creative organizations and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I came in in the middle of the digital phase, but, you know, mm-hmm. I worked with and I had mentors who were like telling me war stories about typesetting and print presses and mm-hmm. like, this was not a mm-hmm. thing. Um, but like creatives have had these big evolutions and creative organizations, you know, moving to digital was one that now we just don't even think that there was a time before that, but yeah. the but the tooling evolution, and this is something I talked about in a previous interview, is like the tooling evolution has definitely it's evolved, but it's still been roughly the same from a point click. I need to know the tools. I need to conceptualize mm-hmm. from my brain to this paint kit. I mean, even the toolbar mm-hmm. itself, you know, has little paint icons and things. Yep. And and I think what is so fascinating about what's happening as we speak. I mean, probably by the time this episode is done being recorded, it'll be 300 new generative tools that have been created is that the interface of creation is changing where it is no longer about 
a tool, a blank canvas, and how well can I get this out there? Um, you know, whether it's digital web or whatever, like it is actually literally, I am creating with words. I am creating mm -hmm. with mathematical formulas. And so that to me is just like cool. It's, it's confusing. It's like, how does that all tie together? And you mentioned Adobe. I think they're doing a great job of integrating it, mm -hmm. but like, what is, you know, just have fun with me for a second. What's mm -hmm. the designer of the future look like for you? What's the creative of the future look like for you? You know, I, you want to say it's like something completely different, but I, I don't know. Like I Arnold think, Schwarzenegger like, is yeah, the T-1000. Like, like. <laughs> and then it's the T-2-2. Uh, and I, I think they look a lot the same. I think the way they go about getting what they want changes, right? But the mm -hmm. end product's still going to look the same. Right. So they're going to need to know how to prompt. But even if, even if you, you think of, you, they're going to need to understand how to leverage a lot of the, that text prompt. And, you know, to your point, we've, and we've talked about this separately uh, at, at length and sometimes at nauseum, like around understanding how to get the most out of these bots and what are the right words that get, get you to where you want to be. I, I think that is going to be something that they're going to have to really wrap their head around. Right. Um, I think they're going to really need to think like the creativity part, even if you look at like Adobe, for example, because we've been playing around with the generative fill. Yeah. That, that part I think comes easy. It's like really zeroing in easier. I don't want to say it's easy, but um, I think it's like really zoning in and understanding again, that customer intent. So now like you have all these tools that make the journey there a lot faster, but you're still going to have to zero in and really if you don't know where in. you're going. Like, so right. what? Like, so it doesn't like, matter. you have all these things. That's why I still think, I think the, the motion is going to look the same and maybe you're not doing as much in Adobe as you were previously because the machine's doing a lot more for you, but you're still going to have to say like, this is what I want here and here and know how to prompt it and get it to do what you want to do. So understand, it's just understanding a new, new set of tools, right? So let me ask and, you this. If all things are equal, we're the best at generative. We're the best at creating. Mm -hmm. We can access and create anything imaginable on demand. Mm -hmm. What is, what then becomes the skill set that creates the best creatives and the best designers? Um, what is it about their thinking, their questioning, like their ability I mean, to, to do, to manage data? Like, what do you think? I mean, I definitely think it's their ability to question mm -hmm. and poke and prod and not just be an order taker. I think they're going to have to get like way deeper in thinking conceptually and then how to pose the right question and what's the right question to ask. Right. Because if, if, if the skill, I mean, just thinking this through, like you're exactly right. Like if, if as a designer, I just take input and I just create what is told, mm -hmm. what I'm told, guess what? You, you're today, you're kind of already getting replaced. Because right. there are tools that can do that automatically. So the value is no longer being able to just create an image. The value is now shifting to being, to being able to say, is this the right thing to create or not? Mm -hmm. And what else should you be doing that the client or the coworker or whoever is not thinking about that actually could solve the problem better than that initial prompt or that initial question? Right. And I think, I think to that point, it's, it's, as a as a designer or creative, you want to put yourself. You still want to figure out how to put yourself in front 
of the customer, right? Regardless. So I think about like what Canva does, like here's design for all, right? You just go in and make your own thing. Well, like no one really wants to do that at scale. They still want somebody to do it for them. (laughs) Right. And, and, (laughs) you know, the generative AI stuff gets you so far. So you still need somebody to do it for you. So it's figuring out how to position yourself as, uh, you know, as as just someone who could say, look, I'm listening to you. I understand what you want. And I know how to squeeze this out of the system. Right. Right. Where I can do it quicker and faster. Right. And then adding, like taking where you originally started with using your eye for design to finish it off. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and so the skill set, the skill set is really more or less like understanding the very nature and structure of organizations and businesses and being confident Mm -hmm. that the VP of marketing does not want to all of a sudden be the the marketing designer. No. Even if they could, even if they could create it at, at will, whatever they need, they want to be the strategist. They want to be the leader. Mm -hmm. And so how as a creative, you bring your skills to the table just resting easy that your lane will be there. (laughs) Like, and this is where every VP of marketing or like the CMO is always going to give you edits. Yeah. (laughs) Like always. Right. Because that's where they feel like they can actually tangibly touch the, like, that's my strategy in something. Yeah. I'm I'm part of this, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, um, fine. Take that point. You can now use GPT and you can synthesize their brand book. In like no time. Right. Like you, you know what they want, what they like. You, you could distill that, what would have taken you weeks, you know, or, or at least definitely days to figure out. Right. You could do it in like an hour. Right. So it's how do you leverage these different things to speed it up? So you get what you need when you need it. You can still position yourself, you know, asking the right questions and doing everything that we've already talked about. You know, this is not this is not on the design pickle roadmap. It's not on anyone's roadmap from a technology mm-hmm. standpoint. But I just had this idea of like, you know, here's a great startup idea for anyone's listening is like, like, think about the getting up to speed process as a creative, you know, like, what do you like? What do you work? What are the objectives? What are the goals? Like, what are you, you mm-hmm. know, what's the intent? What's your persona? What's your brand? Like, Think about a future state, you know, maybe a year, a month, whoever knows where it's literally here my here my here's my file sharing here's my um data from my clients from my you know ad mm-hmm. ad platforms and our crm and our and our merchant processor mm-hmm. um here's my email and you can just look at that and then that's just aggregated and evaluated and the brief is generated from what is real and not just a conversation of opinions it's not mm-hmm. just here's what it is and everything you need to know can be created and put together for a creative then to be like, okay, I, I, I understand this from an mm-hmm. analytical research perspective. I mean, it's going that down that path for sure. I mean, it's, it, and, and then from a, as a creative, you are now creating from such a place of confidence that mm-hmm. allows you to then take away all of the soft parts of this where you're really like, well, that's, you yeah. know. <laughs> well, and I think it's becomes like how you synthesize. So you go right. from today where the briefs are now rough for, you know, la- lacking content or context or whatever, yeah. like make me a new logo. Great. Uh, or to here's my brain. And you have to figure out how to synthesize that. Right. And distill it down and translate it. So I think it really, you're the, 
analytical and conceptual side of your brain is going to be put to the test as this, as these tools continue to improve. And from the client, it's awesome. Cause you can actually probably say, make me a logo. And that's all you need to do. Right. Because right. on the flip side, you've given all this information and the, the, you right. know, everything's being analyzed. So right. it makes for a fantastic, lazy experience down the road. Well, I mean, it's the experience <laughs> should remain them right it's not like they're going to do anything different they're still going to say make me a logo the difference is i'm hooking into all your stuff right and i got you now right like i can tell what you're thinking (laughs) so (laughs) so we've talked a lot about technology and just kind of throwing things out Mm -hmm. there um you know one year from now what's what do you what are you really excited about and seeing the trends and seeing what's emerging um, could be elaborating on something we've already talked about, but like, like if I'm leading a creative organization and you are like, what are you mm-hmm. keeping a keen eye on and wanting to, to really lean into from an organizational level inside of creativity? Uh, I mean, AI, AI is driving. Every, it's Easy. hard to even <laughs> say, like, I, I'm not trying to give you a cop out answer. It's like, it's hard to even keep up with what's out there. Cause like, right. yeah, I know you joked about it earlier, but it's like, feels like every three minutes, there's 30 new companies that are doing something. Right. Right. And I think there'll be a bubble sort of moment where a couple of these converge and then there's like a couple of clear leaders or you'll look at Adobe and Canva and the stuff that they're trying to do with their different tools and Figma who only knows where that's going to go. I think the, how people connect into those tools and the way that they synthesize information and the way that people understand how to connect all these different pieces, right. Um, will will just only get better. And that's what I feel like we are going to continue to figure out how to empower, you know, at least on our team. And I'm sure other people are thinking this elsewhere, like how to empower people, how to help them understand how to get them in the tools. So they understand what's working, right. what's not working for them. Um, I think, I think, you know, the interconnectivity between all these things are going to be probably what the big thing is that happened right. last year. Right. And a totally shameless plug for design pickle. Cause we both work here and we can do that. It's our own, mm-hmm. it's our own podcast is like, right. we, we as an organization aren't trying to create, to solve the problem of what's the next generative best model. What we're no. trying to solve is exactly what you said is what about the communication and the clarity and the process of design and how do we layer in tooling and advanced tooling and predictive tooling to solve the, 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 the relationship and what is my mm-hmm. intent and whatever's mm-hmm. used beneath that to solve and design is going to be this today, that something tomorrow, but it's really about future proofing our company, but also our clients to say, look, we're, we're going to make it better we're going to make the experience better. We're going to make the output better because we're focused on the communication. We're focused on the intent. Mm-hmm. Back to the brief. You know, what is mm-hmm. what is the actual thing you're wanting and how do we make that clearer for you as a as a client but also for the creatives to receive that and That's there right. being less confusion inside of it. I mean, it's how do we either pull more information out of you in a conversational way? Because mm-hmm. people, I think, get a kick out of talking to the GP. You know, <laughs> I I do sometimes. Or or you giving us a dump and synthesizing it in yeah. a really easy way. 
Yeah, especially so when you set your chat GPT persona to be like, you know, like uh, <laughs> Karl Marx or something. And then it's just like totally wild in terms of the answers you receive. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that's that, you know, and, 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 and I think, I think, you know, just on that piece is like, that's that to me, like, and tell me if you agree or disagree is what's the skill set creative organizations need to be refining it's not about a specific tool right now. It's about the integration and understanding mm -hmm. how this is all going to come together. Like if you're recruiting someone, is there like an industry unrelated to creativity that you think is the right thinking style that creative leaders could be like, you know, you bring, you know, bring these you know, people in. <laughs> I, I, I bet you it's probably... It's definitely in the data science realm, right? Yeah. You're trying to figure out how, and probably more of the people that have the eye to build data visualizations because they sort of understand design, but they know how to ask the right questions because of they've been building this for so long. Um, like if that, if I had to guess, I bet you it was someone. There. So really, this is what's going to be going on your next year uh, org chart request. Okay, got it. Yeah. Clear. <laughs> Planning the seed now. Engineers, uh, data science, you got it. <laughs> Awesome, Rebel. So as we wrap up, um, you know, normally with my guests, I'd be like, where can people find you? How can people connect with you? But everyone just go check mm -hmm. out Design Pickle. Um, is there anything we haven't mentioned? Any hack, any tool, any really cool thing? Again, not ChatGPT uh, that you've been loving recently that, you know, might be small, might be big, but you'd love to recommend or there's something that you've been super stoked on? Um. For me, it's been, <laughs> it's been GPT has been a lifesaver. Um, uh, I mean, I think it's been GPT, like tool wise has been the one that I, I find pretty useful. Are I you think. using it out of the box or you've added any plugins or customized it no, in any I way? No, I just use it out of the box. It, uh, and for me, it's either like a pick me up, like, Hey, I need an outline for this draft me this these are the talking points i want and then you can in the next window say oh i'm trying to run this query like either find out what's wrong with it or i want to do x y and z to it yeah and it updates it for you and it's like, incredibly it's manners are great because it apologizes when it's wrong <laughs> right and um <laughs> there's more than i get out of my kids and uh you know i think th that's that's been a big unlock for us i think you know we keep stumbling on different tools i've been watching a couple others, but for me personally, that one I found yeah. pretty crazy. Love it. Love it. All right, Mr. Mm -hmm. Morris. Well, I know you have a busy day. I appreciate you connecting with our slowly building audience of Create Tech. Any final words of wisdom to the creative leaders out there? Good luck. Stay patient. <laughs> <laughs> Check check the uh, legality of everything you're creating and using. Make sure I, make I sure licensing is there. Make sure usage rights are there. <laughs> right, like that's actually like probably the most like valuable thing we've said this entire conversation is don't yes. just use yeah. the stuff out of the box. Check the terms and conditions. Yeah, like and for it. the record, everyone, and this could change by the time we hear this episode. But like even Adobe's new tools that they're using, there's just like a oh little gotcha. Like hey, here's all our new amazing things. But by the way, you can't use it commercially. So really do check the terms of services. You don't want to get in hot water. We check that first. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah.
All right, everyone. Well, thank you for uh, your time, Rob, and everyone else. Thank you for listening to this episode, this DP exclusive episode of Creatic, <laughs> where we talk about the intersection of creativity and technology. We will see you next week. Take care, Rob. Thanks, Russ. To stay up to date on all our future episodes, access show notes, as well as see our past great interviews, head over to our site, designpickle.com slash create tech. That's slash C-R-E-A-T-E-C-H. We'll see you next time. Take care.